Create an Unstoppable Life, episode 195. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Ah, dear friends, I have been away. I don't know where the time has gone. It seems like every time I blink, another month passes by and I think, where did it go? What did I do? What happened? Where am I? (laughs) I know for the podcast, it's been a few months. Thank you for your patience and for your perseverance because you're here. I'm here. We're here together. And that's, that's really appreciated. So life, 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 life. It is amazing and sad. There are parts of each and then everything in between. It's always been that way, but I really realize it more now, like today. There's the greatest of things, there's the saddest of things, and that is my life. And I think that's what I want my life to be, filled with real human emotion because it comes from real human relationships. The saddest of things, family members who are suffering or who are struggling, friends who are getting their asses kicked, a son in his last few months of college. And then he goes off into the military. A husband, God bless him, who's tired of being injured, who's tired of recovering of of what it takes to recover, and who's really now seeing the extent of the injuries that happened from that accident. Thank God for airbags and guardian angels. Don't leave home without both. What's on the flip side? What is the most amazing? It's having the resources to support great people and great things that are happening in the world. It's the ability to do meaningful work. It's navigating tough relationships and knowing that there are many reasons to have hope and this is worth fighting for. There's the holidays. That's pretty amazing. I know it brings grief and joy for all of us. But so that's a taste of what is happening in my world. It's hard to be human. I say that all the time. I say that especially in the hospital. It's hard to be human where it's very real. And if somebody's hospitalized, they can't hide anymore. Like what's going on in their body, it comes out. We figure it out. So as you know, if you are a listener, this has been a year about being still, listening more, because the goal really ultimately is to be kinder and love better, to have more compassion and more understanding for what's not spoken to see the world for what it is in this moment, not what it should be, not what it could be, not what I want it to be, but to be here, be here right now. Because as I look back and think about 2023, I realize what God has been saying to me is, I've done enough work. It is now time to step back. And it's not about what I can do for others. It's about helping to equip others to do things themselves, to empower themselves so that the work, their work, can be amplified, so that their thinking can be magnified, so that their life can be glorified. That's what they can do. That's what they can give themselves. So that's the work. Be here right now. Add little touches of joy that are joyous. Stop doing things that come at a personal cost. Stop pushing boulders uphill that are inevitably going to just roll back down. Allow myself, allow others to be enough right now. Ha. And here's what I've been doing for the past few months. 
listening more, listening to God, listening to his will, arguing less. (laughs) Notice it's not stop arguing, but just argue less. Because I've noticed a few default settings in me, and at least I'm noticing them earlier. That is a benefit. One of them is I'm doing it wrong and the shame that comes with it. I hate doing things wrong. It feels bad and I tell myself I should know how to do it. I'm not working hard enough. I'm not doing it right. I'm doing it all wrong. I'm not doing enough. That's another one. And boy, does it lead to working harder, working longer, doing more. And the other one, the other default setting is if it's too easy, then I must not be doing it right or I must not be doing the right thing. Because God wouldn't call me to do something easy. Where's the struggle? (laughs) Oh, big smile. As I look back on my life, and especially the past few years, it all looks like a blur. I really wanted to be somebody. I wanted to be known, be someone important, be useful, be included, be a trailblazer. And I worked hard. I worked hard to make it happen. I pushed that boulder uphill. I simply wanted to be delighted in. I wanted others to see me the way that I delight in them. I wanted to be important to them. One day this year, like really recently... (laughs) Halfway, way after receiving the call to be still, I realized, oh, I already am. I already am somebody. I'm me. There's nothing to run away from. I'm deeply loved by God and by incredible people on earth. I'm enough. Whatever needed to be proved to me, it's already been proved. And it's such a strange feeling. Like I don't have to spend all my time, energy, money to make things happen. I could do less with greater impact by focusing on areas of delight and surprise. And I will tell you, it feels amazing and it feels terrifying because I am so not used to just letting things be and letting myself be. What about this? What about that? What about this? I could do this. That's the the banter that goes on. The default settings come up that want to take me back to the past. And oh, wait, be still, be present be loving. That's the reminder. So here's what life looks like right now. The youngest George, the handsomest George in the family, graduates from Texas A&M in May and enters the army. We're moving next summer. At least we think we are. (laughs) Details are pending. I will be returning to full-time clinical medicine, either serving soldiers or serving veterans. That's kind of big, different. It's fun. My life is filled with more peace after the growing and stretching pains. It's filled with more love, more hope, more delight while working through discomfort because it's there. The discomfort of what I cannot change, what I want to change, what's not mine to know yet or understand at this time, that's discomfort. And we have a conference coming up. We have incredible amounts of joy to experience starting February 29th. And I am committed to 200 episodes of this podcast, 200, and introducing you to some very fun people. I don't know what's going to happen beyond 200. That might be the end. There are some chapters to close because it feels like the theme for 2024 is going to be simplify. But we'll see. I'll keep you posted. I can tell you that this is simply a fascinating place to be, to see myself identify shortcomings, have gratitude, like incredible gratitude for the challenges of keeping an open heart 
and to see at least more often, see people for who they are, where they're at. And here's the recipe. You ready? Write it down. (laughs) Totally joking. Do all the things you don't want to do, which means slow down, schedule less, look at the craziness that's going on inside your mind, and depersonalize. It's crazy, but the world doesn't revolve around me. And chances are it doesn't revolve around you either. And most people are not thinking about us as much as we're thinking about us. That's the recipe. That's how to create more peace. Notice, do all the things you don't want to do. When I tell people that you actually have to do less to have more meaning and fulfillment, they look at me like shocked and as though I have three eyes. (laughs) Try it on others so you can just experience the expression. So now our topic for today, it's on vows. Like I vow to not take myself so seriously. (laughs) In a recent retreat called Healing the Whole Person, it was a wonderful retreat they discussed a concept called taking vows and not the vows that are common like marriage vows or vows to become a priest or religious sister, but rather vows that mean making rules or taking oaths to help prevent pain or limit pain or keep us from future pain. Vows that sound like I will never get married. I will never have children. I will never go into the military. Those were my three vows. They were made from pain. They were made from watching people struggle and not wanting to have those struggles. They were made from not wanting a child to have my experience of being a child. The vows of what I would never do and who I would never become, and thankfully I broke each of them. It's because of Craig. (laughs) If you know me, you may think I made a vow to never yell. I actually didn't make that one. I grew up with a yeller and I hated it. I hated it. Talk about a pathway, an instant pathway to somebody's guilt and shame, and I never wanted to do that to somebody else. But I didn't have to make the vow. I simply realized from a young age, it doesn't work. It just makes people feel terrible, and that ultimately is ineffective, and it's not who I want to be. So I just didn't let it be part of me. No vow was needed there. So vows really are a reaction to or a defense against trauma. That's what we're talking about. Limiting pain in the future, limiting trauma, limiting opportunity that something is going to hurt, keeping it out of our pathway. But you can hear the pain that they're based on, especially when you know the joys that each can hold, the joy of marriage, the joy of having a child, the joy of being in the military. So you can see that not only are they based on pain, but they're based on limiting joy limiting vulnerability. My vows, no one's going to get close to me. No one's going to be reliant on me and no one is going to take away my autonomy. No one will ever dictate what I can and can't do. Those were my vows. And what they really meant were no one's ever going to add to my overflowing cup of pain that I'm trying to run away from. Those vows were an attempt to cut off pain and keep me from hurting more and keep me isolated and hiding and protecting that pain rather than opening up to people and experiences that can help heal. That was too risky. It's easier to make a vow. And it turns out it isn't just me who makes vows or who made vows in the past because you can hear it every day in conversation. I'll never talk to her again. I'll never go back to that store again. I will never buy that again. 
I'll never take that medicine. I'll never go to that ER. I'll never trust them again. I'll never try that out again. You know, when we were at Fort Irwin, I bought some rollerblades. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. Rollerblades to skate with our son. And it turns out they have a different way to stop the rollerblades than the roller skates when I was a kid. So roller skates when I was a kid, the front toe stop is so easy. Roller blades, they have a back on one side stop, was not easy. I tried to stop. I went into the rocks. I fell over and then I was just mad. And I took them off. I put them in the trash can. I walked home and I said, never again. I made a vow, never again. (laughs) I think I shared that Craig and I are learning a language together and I signed up for an immersion class. And the first class was almost all in that language and I was frustrated. This is how I realized, oh, I am a perfectionist. When I don't understand something, I get angry. At the end of it, I wanted to take a vow and say, I will never again do that. I didn't. This time I realized. And I gave myself a lot of grace that it's okay. I'm just a beginner. I don't have to know everything. There's no test. I don't need an A+. This is meant to be fun. So that was an almost vow. (laughs) So now you have examples of vows, things that didn't need to become a vow, and almost a vow. But let's talk about you. What vows have you made? What have you decided will limit pain and it's worth giving up or giving away right now? You know, vows, they generally sound like I will never or I will always. They draw a distinct line on how you will be or you won't be, on what people will do or they won't do around you. For me, vows were generally from anger or shame. They were two undesirable emotions. I made a lot of vows and... Many of them I made quietly and I buried them deeply and didn't realize it was a vow. I didn't uncover that I made a commitment that I would never until bumping up against it. I will never spend a lot of money on a vehicle and then bumping up against it. Oh, wait a second. But there's this vehicle I really want. That was 10 years ago. That was a, that was a vow to both uncover and process to be able to, uh, purchase a very fun vehicle. We can quietly make vows. We can either, (laughs) we can even adopt other people's vows or their ways of doing things without realizing it, without realizing how much it affected their life or how much it affects our life, how much it costs us. Vows like, I can never go into debt for anything. I can only take a job if it pays this much. I can only be a doctor. There is nothing else. I can only work full-time. I have to take extra call. I have to take extra shifts. These are also vows. I'll never hire a babysitter. I will never go on vacation without my children. More vows. And wanting to limit fear, guilt, shame. So often vows are based on the belief of not having enough or not being enough. They're trying to predict what will cause guilt and shame and doubt and criticism and judgment. And they're a reflection on how we judge ourselves. It is totally fine for somebody to not go on vacation without their kids. Like they don't need my permission, but they have it. You can always go on vacation with your children and you can do it without having to make a vow. You can just practice it. There's no rule around it. It's simply something that you want. Because the vows that we're talking about, they hurt. 
They may limit pain a little bit, but what they really limit are opportunities, including beautiful opportunities to love and to be loved. Love's risky, and sometimes it's just downright difficult because it can be beautiful and it can be ugly, and sometimes it's both in the same day. It can create peace. It can create calm. It can be a minefield. I'm in a few relationships right now where I want to close my heart, slam the door, and run away. I feel vulnerable, like I did something wrong. Uh, That's the default setting. I'm doing something wrong because it's not going well, and it's difficult to navigate, and I don't have the answers. I don't know what's going on, and they're not sharing anything. So I fill in the blanks with a lot of story that's really sad. I'm not enough, and hence wanting to run away. But the work is to be still, be present, be loving. Believe in them, believe in myself, believe I am enough, believe I have everything I need right now. (sighs) And then I come back to a place of peace and calm, like I can do this, I can do this. I don't want to be like I used to be. And I don't want to be the way that I think so many of us are, which is that default setting of running away because it's scary. Vulnerability is scary. But what hurts is how we judge ourselves. Like I know enough, I have enough, I am enough. And when I really believe that, I can love the other person through whatever they're experiencing and they don't have to give words to their experience. At some point they may, and they may not. But if I truly believe that they are a soul worth loving, that God put them in in my life to love, then I really have to believe that I am enough. You know, Advent starts on Sunday. Hanukkah starts next week. This is a very exciting time. And it's the perfect time to explore the vows that you've made. Explore what keeps you apart from others. Explore what keeps you from your God and open back up. You can stop carrying those vows. You can break up with them. You can say no more. They've served you long enough and it's time to do something different. You can break up with the vows You can write a formal letter that says this is a dissolution of the vows. You can do whatever it takes. You can open back up to not having the answers, but having belief and remembering that you have everything you need in this moment and remember that you are enough, you are doing enough, and you have nothing else to prove. So I'm sending you so much love. Happy Advent. Happy Hanukkah. Happy December. I'll see you for five more episodes. Ciao.